Let's go back to that scripture, John 6, 56. John 6, 56. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually, say continually, in me, and I in them, like matter, dwell continually in him. Now, I want us to, to look at this scripture a certain way because this is obviously communion. This is what God, Jesus, talks about, to commune with him. Now, if you can relate to this as a wedding, a wedding vow, or you can relate to this as putting on a, a ring to say this is the covenant that I am, uh, I am with you forever. And Jesus said, I want you to take communion. We're going to do that today. I want you to take communion so that you can remember what I've done for you. And when you take communion, you become one in me. And I am in you. How many of you know in John 15 it says that I am in you, you are in me, and that's why you bear fruit. And so it is important for us to understand that this communion, this unity, is actually a marriage word. It is a marriage word, this unity, this communion. So in other words, when you gave your life to God and you believed in the cross, then you begin to get married to who Jesus is. Now, this might be a weird concept for some, but God gives it to us so that we can understand it in depth. Amen? So when you give your life to God, you actually become one with God, just like if you get married to a spouse, y'all are considered one. Let's read this. Ephesians 2.13. But now you have been united, say united, with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have, you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. How many of you are thankful about that? We're going to read one more thing, and this is how we relate this to marriage. Ephesians 5.31 says, As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and joined to his wife, and the two are united into and the two are united into, this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration. Underline that word illustration, circle it, put a star by it. It is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife and he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. So God gives this picture that when we give our lives to God, that we actually get married or become one. We are called the bride of Christ. How many of you are glad you're the bride of Christ? Now, a lot of times something's happened in reality in the spiritual realm, but we're not feeling it. How many of you know if you're married to God, you should feel it? Because when you get married... You don't keep your own name. You take on the name of God. How many of you know that you have on top of your name the name of God? So when you get married, you're exchanging this name. So when you go to the bank, now you have access to double the funds. Right? Am I right? So it is true that when you give your life to God, you are made one with God. God 
changes your name, and he actually says that you are a joint heir, that you begin to share into his inheritance. That's good news to me. But we have to believe it. So in other words, when I got married to Leah, my car is just not my car. Now, I was dumb enough to think when we got married, my car was my car. But really, it is her car just as much as it is my car. So in other words, she can get in the car and take off, even if I like it or not. That would cause marriage problems. I don't, I don't think you should do it. But what is mine is hers, and what is hers is mine. Isn't it awesome that you got married to God and what is his is yours? We don't enter into this until we believe it. So we're saying, God, we need this, and God, we need that. Listen, when Leah says, I need this amount of money, I just say, okay. All right. If you're needing this, all the women say, amen. <laughs> and, and this is how it goes. That the house, it doesn't just belong to me. It belongs to my wife. So the guys that come in, this is my house. Not really. You got married. I hate to tell you. This is my way. Not really. You're the leader, but, you know, you got married. You're a, you're a partner. You're in partnership. You have the high um, responsibility to lay down your life for your wife, not just be the leader. Amen? And so we find ourselves entering into this partnership, working together, and everything that she has is mine, everything that I have is hers, and we, we operate this way. Do you feel that way towards God? Do you feel, do you operate this way where you feel like you are one, where you feel like what his is mine? Because we should. When you get married, there is a closeness that happens instantly when you get married because it's a spiritual thing. There's intimacy, there's closeness, you have a best friend. When you get married with God or when you give your life to God and become one, there is a closeness that you can't even fathom or comprehend or really be able to tell people what it really is. You have to say like Paul, it's like a mystery. I can't really explain it, but now I have a relationship with God. I'm feeling God. I'm hearing God. We're sharing things. God's speaking to me. And so today I want to talk to you about that because God wants us to be united. But if we really want to enjoy these benefits, we have to use wisdom. There are many people that are married but aren't enjoying their marriage. Right? There are many people that get married, they're excited about marriage, but they're not enjoying marriage. Why? Because the key to unlocking the benefits of marriage is wisdom. Am I right about it? You know, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So this word is not to be scared. This word is not to be frightened. This word is to honor. So those that honor God enters into wisdom. And you can really tell in marriages when they begin to live by God's principles and his word, they're happy, 
They're joyful. They have a great relationship. They're enjoying each other. It is great. It's not a ball and chain. You feel free, right? It is not, it is not a dread. You are excited. Am I right about it? And so I feel like we need to come into this place where we say, God, what is the wisdom that you want to give me so that I can honor you, so that I can begin to see the benefits of being one with you? What is the wisdom I have to operate so that I feel like you and I are one, so I feel like I can walk in the blessing? Because the Bible says that you gave me a covenant. How do I enter into the benefits of this covenant? Can we ask God about that today? If you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. I want you to pray with me. Lord, we're in this house for you. We give you our attention. We give you our uh, passion, our hearts, everything that we have, Lord. We put everything aside. Lord, we don't want church. We want you to speak to us. We're here to hear your voice. We're here to really get to know you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Amen. Really, marriage, you start to learn in marriage, you start to operate differently than you were or you did when you first got married. How many married people in here? You're married? Happily married? Just wave your hands. Awesome. How many of you know that things were different? There was great things at the beginning, but there are things that you had to learn, right? Pastor Paul, there are things that you had to learn, a couple things that you had to learn. Can you attest to that, Miss Jennifer? Yes. That was like an emphatic yes. <laughs> because there are certain things that you just, you don't really know. Like when you say what's wrong and they say nothing, that does not mean nothing's wrong. You just, you got to start to know that. Well, what's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong. Oh, okay, fine. Let's go on with life. So that means something's wrong. I mean, there's, there are these mysteries, Right there, there are these mysteries, these unknown truths that we don't, we, how do I look in that dress? She's not really asking you, how do I look in the dress? She's just saying, tell me I look good. Yes. <laughs> look, if, if, if I'm watching what I'm saying today. But if they send you a picture and say, do I really look like this in real life? You always say no. You look so much better than that in real life. That is true. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to need a ride home after church if anybody has any, any uh, room. <laughs> right? I mean, if you say, hey, I, I want to just go out. I want to be with the guys. And she says, fine. That does not Whatever you want. That does not mean whatever you want. You just have to, there's one of those things, right? And we begin to learn in marriage the maturity, the maturity of marriage is not really doing what you want, but finding out how that other person operates so that you can enjoy being with each other. Am I right about it? And, and we find ourselves, some of us, we could be 40, 50, 60 years old and not have really hit that mature moment because we haven't put God's principles in place. I don't know about you, but I want to be seven years old pinching my wife's butt and her pinching my butt. My, can I hear amen about that? Like, I'm 70 years old. You might need to knock before you come, come rushing in the house. You know what I mean? That's my goal in life. I believe it's the uh, blessing of Abraham. Am I right about it? And all the men said, 
we can agree with something. So honor is the beginning of wisdom. What you honor is what you treasure. What you honor is what you treasure. I want to give you quickly three characteristics of honor. See, because when you give your vows, Hannah and Donovan are getting married soon. When you give your vows, you are stating and you are stating a commitment of what you're going to do. Am I right? You're stating a commitment. It doesn't just end there. We are supposed to live out that commitment. We have a few people in here. I can tell that you're ready to get engaged, you know. And I can tell you that real life starts when you begin to say these vows. And Jesus says, hey, if you're not feeling one with me, if you're not feeling like this connection, you got to go back over communion. How many of you know that marriage is just dating uh, over and over again the person that you're living with forever? It is going back to the first thing. That's what marriage really is. It is making it new and fresh the whole time that you're married. That's what marriage is. When marriage is dull, when marriage has no spark, you know that you haven't gone back to those vows. And when we're not feeling a connection with God, when we're not feeling like we hear his voice, when we're not high in faith and we're living down here, Jesus says, take this communion as much as you need it. I need you to go back to our vows. I need you to go back to our wedding vows. And so Paul gives us a secret. See, because in marriage... The husband's job is to lay down his life for his wife, but the wife's job is to respect her husband. And as the bride of Christ, as Christians, it is our responsibility if we want to enter into this contract and have the benefits of it for us to keep honor and respect in our lives because it is the key of making this one thing really happen. And so honor is the key that Paul gives us our respect to really come into this relationship of being one with God. I'm going to give you three characteristics of, one, of honor. The first one is this, attention. Attention. How many of you know that if you honor something, you're going to give it attention? Have you ever seen a sergeant come into a room and the military, the soldiers come into attention? How many of you know that it would not be respectful or would not be honoring if the sergeant came in the room and they just was kind of like lax? But attention, attention, giving God attention, giving God your time, attention. If we honor God, then we really want to give God our undivided attention, your treasure is the thing that you give time to. How many of you know that your attention discloses your attitude? See, when you first got married, every word that your girlfriend or fiancé said, you were hanging on every word. Yes, yeah, and you were trying to engage in conversation. After you get married for about 15 years, you start saying, yep, 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 uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, yep, yeah, 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 I got that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got because now things have lost its uh, flame and you're not giving the proper attention. How many times do we give our lives to God and we put God's time a priority for us, but after a while we start giving God our attention? James 4.8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let me ask you this. Are you giving God more attention or the world? Because if you're not feeling this connection with God, being one with God, everything that he has belongs to you and you're feeling this flow with God, then the first thing we have to see is what are you giving attention to? Because the Bible says that we can be divided. We can be divided. I'm pretty sure that a lot of our marriages, we're married more to our phones than we are our spouses. So we're sitting there at a date, a date, but we're checking our phones. Because what you really honor is what you give attention to. You either honor Facebook more than your wife or your wife more than Facebook. Am I right about it? You're either honoring your wife more than ESPN or ESPN more than your wife. You're either honoring God more than hunting or you're honoring hunting more than God. And God says there's a divide, there's a loyalty. Now, when you get married, you want to do things together, but there is this principle of attention. Attention, giving God attention. And James says if you seek after God, you're going to find him. When's the last time you sought after God? When's the last time you lost your wallet or lost your phone? You go crazy. You go crazy. You're like a chicken with, with your head cut off. Where's my phone? Call my phone. I need to listen to it. I need to listen to my Is it vibrating? Is it in the other room? You will go crazy if you lose your phone and you start to seek after it and find it because it's precious to you. When's the last time you sought after God in that way? Like if I don't find God, i got to find God. i got to hear God. He needs my attention. I'm seeking after God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The Bible says he's knocking. But are we answering the door? And if we want to honor God, we can say, oh, God, we honor you. Like Leah was talking about in Isaiah, you draw close with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Because when's the last time you've given me attention? When's the last time my word's being spoken, you're like, I need to listen. I need to listen to what you're saying. If Jesus himself came into this room and began to preach the word to us, we would be standing at attention. How many of you know when two or more are gathered together and he's in our midst? And when we come together with God, we should be in attention of God and what he's saying and what he's doing. Come on, am I right about it? God wants to stir up some honor in you and begin to say, are you divided with the world? Are you giving God his proper attention? Number two is respect. If you want to honor, you honor what you respect. How many of you know young people that if you're sitting down in a comfy chair and there's an older person standing up, you got to get up and you give them your chair. It's called respect, right? You say, listen, I've got strong knees and a strong butt. I'm going to go ahead 
and get up. You sit down. It's respect. It is looking out for the other and seeing what pleases them. Right? When you first started dating, you're opening up the car door. You're shutting the door gently. You know, you are, you are, you are opening the door for your wife. You're pulling out the seat. Because why? You respect. You want to please that person. You're looking out for the interest of that person. That's what respect is. Why do over 50% of marriages fail? Because we want to look out of the interest of ourselves. We want to look at me, mine, and we don't want to trust that if we give respect, then we'll actually enter into this thing called love. We think that somebody's going to take advantage, but how many of you know that if you really begin to lay your life down, you're not going to get taken advantage of? And it's the same with God. If you begin to give God your all, he's not going to take advantage of you. You're his bride. He says, what can I do for you? There's a story in Esther where this queen dishonored the king, and he was having a celebration, and she said, I'm too enthralled with what I need to do. I'm not going to get dressed up, and I'm not even coming to your deal. I don't care what you say. How many of you know that the king is looking for another broad before long? And the Bible says, and the Bible says that God is coming back for a spotless bride. Jesus is coming back for not a bride that is perfect, but a bride that honors. Not a bride that is perfect, but a bride that honors. And so today I want, I want us to evaluate our hearts. Are we respecting God? Are we seeing the need of God? Romans 12, 1 through two in the message says something very interesting. Can y'all read along with me? Because it's a little long. And while we read along, if Bray can come up and you play, read this along with me. So here is what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what he does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Now listen to this. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This is what I want to focus on right here. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. I'm going to say this again. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. What does God want from you? Because true respect says this, and we hear it in the garden with Jesus. God, not my will, but let your will be done. Not what I want to do, not what I'm comfortable with, not what I think, feel, or want to do, but God, let your will be done because this, is a sh this shows respect. This shows acknowledge 
that we're acknowledging what he wants and how we please him. And the Bible says that we will never, he will never take something from us that he does not give back to us 30, 60, 100 fold. And you say, yeah, but God, if I do that, it's just a lot. And God is saying, but if you do that, you're going to feel a connection with me. See, how many of you know that when we first get married, we begin to look at each other's eyes? We look at each other's eyes. You get, you've heard the term, you've got, you know, goo-goo eyes. You know, you, you're looking at somebody, you're giving them all your attention. You've been married 20 years. If you're just passing by, not looking at somebody's eyes, you know you've lost a flame. How many of you know, you know that look. Guys, you know that look. See, people don't fall out of love. They fall out of respect. And respect and love is not a feeling, it's a choice. And it goes the same with God. It's not a feeling. I, don't, I didn't wake up this morning and feel this fire and passion to come up and go to church today, to be honest with you. But it's when I started getting the presence of God and looking at God and said, God, what would make you happy to, today? I felt this fire on the inside of me and I felt a peace inside of me. I felt like I was working with God and I don't want to live like I'm not working with God. You know, the Bible says that when you give your life to God, that your body belongs to him. And when you give your life to your wife or your husband, your bodies belong to each other. I didn't say it. God said it. And so our lives are not our own. And today, I believe that we need to come back into communion to go back into that first thing. What's more important, God or Saints game? Well, you know, Saints coming on in about 15 minutes. He better, ra- better wrap it up. No, are you divided? <laughs> Come on, when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, you know what, that's, you know, those Sundays that you really were rushing to get to look at the, listen, DVR, go buy DVR and watch the game later. Just tell everybody around you, don't tell me anything. Who's winning, who's losing? Respect. And the third thing is this. We're going to close with this. Submission. Submission. The word we all hate. Second John 1.6. And this is love. That we walk in accordance This is love, that we walk in accordance with his commandments. Come on, let's look at that. What is love? What is love? I'm asking you. What is love? Look at your neighbor and say, what is love? Look at the other person next to them and say, what is love? Somebody just saying, what has love got to do with it? It sounded good. (laughs) And this is love that we walk in accordance with his commandments. What is love? What is love? And this is love. That we walk in accordance with his commandments and are guided continually by his precepts. This is the commandment just as you've heard from the beginning that you should always walk 
in love. What is love? Love is when you come into submission with what God wants to do. God has a mission. God has a mission. Are you in submission to God's mission? Not you become a Christian because you want another promotion. Not because you've come to a Christian because you want another little thing. But is God's mission your mission? Let me tell you what God's mission is. One word, very simply, God's mission is souls. God's mission is for us to love each other as we would ourselves. How many of you today say, I need to go back to the cross. I need to get back to that flame. I need to feel one again. I need to get back to that flame. Well, this is what Revelation says, and we're going to close, I promise. Revelations 2, 4 through 5. This is John, he's speaking to the churches, and he speaks to one church, and he says, listen, you're doing good. You're going to church, you have a good attitude, you're really moving forward, you've done what is right, you've even gone through trials and things are okay in your life. He says, but this one thing I have against you, this one complaint against you, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me. Do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first. Do the works you did at first. When you first got married, you were sending flowers. You were sending notes. You were texting. You are saying, you hang up. No, you hang up. Do what you did at first when it comes to God. Pray like you did. Fast like you did. Worship like you did. Praise like you did. Witness like you did. Love others like you did. Come on. This is the mission. It's souls. It's souls. It's loving others as you did yourself. When's the last time you had to talk to somebody and say, I got to tell you about my creator. His name is Jesus and he changed my life. You say, well, I'm not feeling it. Choose to do it. It's his mission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not a suggestion. It's a mission. Are we being submitted to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, your father and your friend? Are you being submitted to his voice? Because if we want that love, if we want to feel one, we got to get back to honor, not what we want to do, but what you want to do. Not what I think, but what you think. Not how I feel, but how you feel, God. I get in line to that. You say, you know what, I'm going through so many things, I don't even know how to start. Just start by doing it, and you're going to feel it. You'll see yourself get out of that situation. You'll see yourself getting out of that dark situation when you begin to come back into honor and say, I'm going to do what I feel like I do. I'm going to do what I don't feel like doing. Some of you, you need to wake up to your spouse, look at them with no makeup on, and you need to say, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're amazing. 
You need to begin to get them flowers, begin to win them. Win them back. Come on, you tried to look good when you first started <laughs> dating. You put on cologne. You don't even wear deodorant anymore. <laughs> it, goes, it goes the same way with, with, with your wives. Look, you got to get rid of those big old baggy pajamas maybe. Start, start show, work with, with what you got. Work it. <laughs> right? You were doing it at the beginning. You caught his eye. What can we do to catch the eye of God? I just want to please him. I just want to love him. I want him to look at me and feel pleased. You say, well, you know, this works. You don't really need to work. He loves you no matter what. Yeah, I know he loves me. He laid his life down for me. What can I do for you, God? What can I do to put a smile on your face? I know that you love me no matter what I do, but you've given it all for me. What can I do for you, Jesus? How can I get uncomfortable for you, God? Not for people, not for the pastor, not for the worship leader, not for the cell group leader, but for you, Jesus. I want to glorify you.